do that. And if you've got a cough drop in your mouth, uh, you know, that, that always helps as well. Now, I want you to know, there's probably an old story you probably heard about when the preacher preached way too long, just went on and on and on and on and on. Uh, he always put a cough drop in his mouth, and, and I'm kind of guilty of that at times. But one particular Sunday morning, he got confused. Instead of putting a cough drop in his mouth, he put a button in his mouth. And, and it never would dissolve. So he just thought, well, that's, that's my timing. And so uh, it's not a button, it's a cough drop. So you, you can be aware being that. And next Sunday, man, when we're, we're going to eat lunch, what are you talking about? Pressure on a pastor, Brother John. You know you got to stop early, don't you? Um, because everybody's smelling and they're thinking everything else in the world. So I look forward to that. I hope you'll uh, uh, be able to be with us next week. And, and I look forward to being with her. Welda hopes to be back. She's got a little bit of a sniffle. She's all right. But she said, I don't want to get up there and, and sniffle or start coughing. And, and uh, so that was fine. And I told her, well, you just stay home this morning and we'll do that. And you may have the sniffles or coughs or whatever. You'll notice we didn't greet and all that kind of stuff. Now, my mother's birthday is tomorrow. She'll be 95 years old, and her advice to all of us was drink your orange juice. So uh, you go and drink your orange juice. I hope you have your Bible and open it with me to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. We're going to look at that psalm today. The Bible, Bible was real clear about its teaching to us that uh, we're going to reap what we sow. Uh, there's some laws of, of the harvest if you... Uh, know those. You're going to reap what you sow. If you reap corn or you sow corn, you're going to reap corn. Uh, you're going to reap it later than when you sowed it. It's going to take a little while. And it's also going to reap more than you sow. And you're going to reap in proportion to how much of that you sow across uh, the field. And those are good principles for us to think about. We have, a, we have a lot of freedom in our world. And we're going to talk about today the choices that we have, that, that our choices are there but not always can we choose the consequences. Uh, you know, the, we, we make a good choice, but the consequences don't always follow us. Sometimes uh, they're, they're trivial. Uh, you can choose to watch one TV program over another one maybe, and uh, you can choose to, to be faithful to God. Uh, some people in our culture today choose to uh, not be faithful to God, not be faithful to their family. Uh, if you are with us in our family, when we have our grandkids and you go into Baskin-Robbins, uh, you'll need to ask if you can go in front of us because it will take us a long time to choose what kind of ice cream with those six above average grandkids uh, making all those choices. It's difficult sometimes to make choices. I'm reminded of the young couple, and this young man loved this young lady, and they had dated for a little while, and, and he was just enamored by her. You know, he thought, boy, this, she is the one for me. So he, he planned a very special dinner date. They went out to this special restaurant, and he dressed all up and had his hair all combed perfect, you know, and all those kind of things. And he had, had a little ring in his pocket. He thought he would pop the question. So when the time came right during the, the meal, he said, Hun, you know, we've been, we've been dating a little while, and I, I, just, I just really think you're the one. And, and I want to ask you uh, a very special question. He slipped out of his chair and he hit his knees right there in front of the table. And he said, would you marry me? And there was a pause. And he thought, well, surely she ought to reply by now, you know. And so he thought, well, maybe she didn't hear it. Maybe the clatter of all the restaurant and everything, she didn't hear the question. So, so he asked her again. He said, uh, hon, would, would, would you marry me? 
she still didn't answer. He started getting a little nervous, you know. He thought, well, we haven't dated for a long time. And he said, well, hon, would you marry me or, or is there someone else? And her response was, I sure hope there's someone else. You can make a choice, but the consequences may not always be there for you. Life is full of choices. With those choices come consequences. And if you ask somebody to marry you, you know that. You, you uh, have lost some of your freedoms. You've gained a lot of wonderful things, but uh, you've lost some things. We're free to determine our choices, but not our consequences. And so many times when we make good choices, we get good consequences, but sometimes we make good choices and the culture, the life we live, the time of which we live, uh, things don't turn out just exactly the way we may want it to. You know, we had an election and, and one side supposedly wins and the other side supposedly uh, didn't win, but they talk about us being unified, everything being together. Well... God wants us as His family uh, to be unified. And so the choice we make is hopefully to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and, and follow Him. And the consequences of that is what we've been singing about. We're going to have eternity uh, together. But you and I right now are stuck in an evil old sinful world. And, and so sometimes there's consequences and and God tells us that we need to do things. Listen to what Psalm chapter 1 says. And if you have your copy of God's Word out of reverence and could stand for us, uh, I would appreciate that. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law He meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither, and whatever He does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away, and therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning, for wonderful songs that we were able to sing. And Lord, I pray that you would use my voice and, and everything about me, Lord, to share your message to me and through me to us, that, Lord, all of us would do exactly what you want us to do. It's a simple Simple message, Lord, but it is so profound in what we do. So, Father, give us listening ears and help us to follow you. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. One of my favorite quotes is, Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Hopefully, for all of us, the destiny that we are looking forward to is to be in heaven, be with Him forever, uh, not have any difficulties, not have any consequences that are, that are not good that we have to put up with or anything like that, that everything would be wonderful. And, and uh, I look forward to that day, and I know that you do. Uh, I have my 
in my ticket, if you will. I'm not running to stand in the freeway to get there right away. I want to live a few more. But if, but if something were to happen uh, to me and, and uh, to many of my loved ones that I know, we'd instantly, as, as we read the scripture, we'd instantly be with the Lord. We'd get, we'd get caught up with them together in the cloud. I, I'm looking forward to that day. If I'm still here on earth, when Jesus comes and, and we are just, boom, up in the heavens and, and there's daddy and there's, there's grandma and there's this one and there's that one and, and there's these friends and we're, boy, you know, can you imagine the kind of reaction and the feeling that's going to be? Can you also imagine the feeling if you realize, uh-oh, I didn't realize and it's too late. We basically have two life options in life. One of them is a life of faith. He says that very clearly in verse 1. Blessed is a man. And then he says some of the things that are important because he says to us, blessed is a man who says no to some things. Now as Christians and people, we don't like people to say no to us. Uh, we, we want them, everything to be yes but sometimes in our life, and especially in the life of a believer, God looks at us and says, there's some things you and I need to say no to. And it tells us basically what these things are. Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Don't stand in the way of sinners. And don't sit in the seat of mockers. What is he talking about? I think he's telling us very clearly, if we run with the world's crowd... We continue to go to places and do things and wear things and say things that are ungodly. And if there's no difference in our life, it's not a good life. It's not a life of faith. It's a life of convenience too many times. And so it says to us, you've got to choose a life of faith, and it means you're going to say no to some evil things in this world. Now, you can run around with me and say what those evil things are. I don't have to say all of them to you. The Bible is very clear about what a man and a woman is and what marriage is. We don't have to debate that. I don't think God made any mistakes when he made you male or female. We don't have to debate that. We're different I know there's some manly men and there's some, some women that, are, that are, are masculine in that way. I, I've seen some ladies that if I was in a street fight, I'd want them on my team. And I say yes, ma'am, to them with a smile. But God didn't make any mistakes. And that's what, as a culture, we're saying in our world today when we debate these things and we talk about these things. There's some things that we say no to. There's some places that we don't go to because it's not good for us to go and stay there. It's not that we don't go because there's sinful people there. Don't hear that. Sometimes we have to go into difficult places with the gospel, but we don't go into the sinful places to join in with the sin. We go in there to change it, to be salt and to be light. And so sometimes on our TVs, we have to turn off a program because it's not a godly program. 
Sometimes when conversations are going on, we have to politely maybe excuse ourselves or say to someone else, uh, I wish you didn't talk like that. I'll never forget when my wife was pregnant with Lindsay and, and Stephanie, our oldest daughter, was a little bit girl, and my mother and all of us were together, mother-in-law, and we went down to, we were headed down to Florida for kind of a family vacation, and I'm the one man with all of these ladies, okay? And wife's about seven months pregnant or so, maybe five months pregnant at this point. And we're sitting there in a, in a restaurant in Florida, and these men... Uh, are sitting beside us and their language is very inappropriate and I'm thinking oh my goodness and I can tell mother's kind of frowned up mother-in-law's kind of frowned up we're about to finish up our meal and all of a sudden Stephanie the little bitty girl that's three years old looks at these men and says you men need to be quiet we don't talk like that and I'm thinking, I'm fixing to get killed right here. Because there's all these men in me. But you know what? Every one of those men turned red in the face and said, thank you, okay. And their language changed. Sometimes we as Christians need to speak up, not inappropriately, but appropriately. The decision of faith says sometimes there's places we don't go and stay. There's things we don't watch. There's things we don't listen to. It says very carefully, you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. When you know people are giving you wrong counsel, you don't just continue to walk in that. You, you say, no, I don't believe that way, and this is how I believe. You don't stand in the paths of sinners where, where you just, just stand there and don't say anything, don't do anything. You're salt and light. You don't sit down in the scornful that are, that are putting God down all the time and, and just stay there. As a Christian, the life of faith says if we're going to be blessed, we have to make a difference. Notice what he says in verse 2. The life of faith says there's some things we say yes to. Very clearly. His delight, the things that you want to do, is found as in the law of the Lord. And in His law, He meditates day and night. In other words, you are learning about God, you're learning about Scripture, you're learning about faith, and you're making a difference in, your, in those life. You're saying yes to go to church. You're saying yes to being in Bible study. I don't care who you are. You're saying yes to reading God's Word every day because there's something God wants to say to you. They're saying yes to praying for people. We're saying yes to giving to the church. We're saying yes to being that salt and light. Not no, but yes. This is deer season. and When I was a little boy, we only had one day that we were out of school, that we got to go deer hunting. I remember it well. There wasn't very many deer. I remember my dad saying, walking me out around Sheridan, Arkansas, and saying, son, look down in the ground. You know what that is? No, daddy, I don't know what. That's a print of a deer. That's where a deer walked by. And I thought, oh, because there just wasn't that many. And I remember that we'd go out, and we'd set up a camp, we'd do that, grandpa and other Men would come, the ladies would cook. 
and all this food, and we'd carry it out, and he'd have this big meal and all that. And, and a lot of times we'd go out on Sunday afternoon, make sure everything's ready, and we were going to get to spend the night at the deer camp on Sunday night. And about 4 o'clock, Daddy would say, Okay, Bob, are you ready? And I'd say, Yeah, Daddy, I'm ready. Ready for what? Well, we need to go, we need to go home. What? Yeah, we need to go home. Uh, we have church tonight. I think, Daddy, could we not just miss one time? Just once. But you know what? I, as an older adult now, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I had a great time. I, I got to drive in last night from the deer camp, and, and uh, all of us left, and we all are in church today. That's part of being a member of our deer camp. It's not that you can't have church, and I'm not saying that it's bad, that, but, you know, you can get up on Sunday morning if you're at the deer camp and have church before you get on stand. And you can come in early nowadays to get it online. And, and you even could be sitting on the stand and listening if you were that faith. I think we need to take a self-test sometime and see if we're practicing what we're preaching. Are we doing what he says? He says, if you say yes to the right things, notice verse 3, you're going to be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. You're going to bring forth fruit in its season. You're going to be productive is what he's saying. He's saying your leaves will never wither. You're always going to be growing getting nourishment, and whatever you do, God's going to let you prosper. Not in a materialistic sense of way. Don't, don't hear that. He's saying, listen, if, if you do these things, the consequence of living the life of faith is stability. You're going to be able to be stable in a, in a horrible cultural world that tells you everything else is right or wrong. And you're going to say, no, I'm stable. This is what God's Word says. I've got my, my roots firmly planted in the Word of God. I'm meditating on that Word. I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm playing with it. I'm understanding it. If I passed you out a pencil and a piece of paper and said, true or false, does the Bible teach us not to steal? I think everybody would make 100% on that. I think we all know the Bible teaches us we're not supposed to steal. Question number two, where in the Bible does it say that? Some of you would pass that. Some of us would say, wait a minute, i got to go to the concordance. Hunt it up, that's okay. But are we, are we telling a lost world? See, see, i got grandkids nowadays that just because I say it doesn't absolutely make it so. They want to know for themselves. And the good news is, is I want them to know in the Bible where it is for themselves. Because when they get to college or wherever they go, Paul Daddy may not be there to say, this is where we find it. we got to be able to so we gotta, we got to be able to be stable in our thought. We've got to have abundant resources. I love the, the quote with Rip William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. He had done so many wonderful things. And later in life, he lost his eyesight. And he looked at his son and he said, Man, yeah, this is kind of neat, isn't it? And his son thought, What? 
He said, I've done some wonderful things. God's done some wonderful things with me with, I, with my eyes. Imagine what he can do when I can't see and I just have to fully trust upon him. That's faith. That's abundant resources. It's not depending upon yourself. It's depending upon the Lord. It's being productive. Whatever you do prospers. How many people are going to be in heaven because of you? How many people have you helped lead to the Lord? Good question. We talked about evangelism. We talked about evangelism. We talked about our people wanting to be there. It's important that we pray for, witness, share. We can't make that decision for them. We can't make that choice for them, but we can sure help them to understand the consequences and how important that choice is. Notice what he says about the life of non-faith. If you don't choose the Lord, verse 4, ungodly, this is not so. You're not going to be stable. You're not going to have abundant resources. You're not going to have peace. You're not going to have compassion. You're not going to have these things. You're going to live with, with doubts and fears and questions and and unsecurity. You're, you're not going to be productive even if you make all the money in all the world because when, when you leave this world, you're going to leave all of that stuff behind you. The choice of faith is not the only choice. There's also a choice of non-faith. You're like chaff. Things that just blow in the wind. Don't have any roots. Don't have any knowledge. Don't have any church home, any Sunday school class. No Christian brothers and sisters to call when cancer and heart disease and heartache and all those things show up in your life. And believe me, if they haven't already come, they're coming. I don't think any of us here are 150 years old yet. You're not going to live forever. I'm not going to live forever. Got to have some roots. They have no fruit. And so, look at what he says, verse 5. The ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. I, I wish somebody else could be in my place in the judgment seat when I have to face up to all my sins. And I know, I know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm so grateful, so very grateful that when I stand before a holy and righteous God and he said, Bob, why should I let you into heaven and all my sins are passing in front of me that Jesus and the blood of Jesus Christ reaches over and say, it's okay, God, I got him. It's okay. Bob trusted in me. Wasn't perfect by a long shot. Man, ask those people at Salem. They, they heard him preach for a while. But God, he trusted in me. Come on in, Bob. Welcome. I've, I've prepared a place just for you. Won't have to stand in that judgment like they will. Won't be in the congregation that's sitting there when everybody else is gone. You know, sometimes people tease me and they say, Well, preacher, you preach for a long time. Yep, yeah, sometimes I do. Sometimes I get a button instead of a cough drop. And I've never had anybody go to sleep that I didn't wake up. 
the locked building. I pray we are not asleep when Jesus Christ comes like a thief in the night. That we look forward to him and say, oh boy, God, I, I couldn't believe. I, I'm just so excited for you to come. I don't want to be one of those lost people that doesn't have any faith. That's not doing what God wants me to do at the time. God's not going to ask me how many deer I killed or fish I caught. He's not going to ask me how many Bible verses I know or how often I've been to church. He's not going to ask me any of those kind of questions. He's going to say, Bob, were you obedient to me when your Holy Spirit called your name and said, this is your mission. This is what you want me to do. See, God offers us abundant life through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's my choice. You have to make your choice. Can't make it for you. You have to do it. Several years ago, I, I read a little article, and so I Googled it when I got a chance. And it's an article about uh, a very famous jewel thief named Arthur Berry, B-E-R-R-Y. Evidently, back in the day, Arthur Berry was one of those kind of people that we would see on Mission Impossible-type movies. Uh, he was a very famous jewel thief. He didn't steal the the normal things that a lot of people steal. He, he stole multi-million dollar jewelry and things like that from a lot of different people. He was, he was a great con artist. He worked in a tuxedo. When you saw him, you thought, man, this man has really got it together. And He was a smooth talker. He could talk you out of basically anything, and, and yet it caught up with him. Remember what I said? You're going to reap what you sow. It caught up with him, and uh, he had to go to jail for it. And he spent over 25 years in jail in his life. And he finally got out of jail. He had good time. He was fairly intelligent, so he knew kind of what to do to, to get out of jail. But he got out of jail, but nobody would hire him. Everybody was afraid because everybody had heard in his area about Arthur Berry. Well, they had a new little newspaper journalist that joined the local paper and came to town, and she decided she would, she would try to find Arthur Berry and write up about how famous it must have been to be that famous and the jewels he stole and the glamour and the glitz and all of that. And she went looking for him. She couldn't really find him in any particular place. They finally said, well, he's, he's finally found a job. He's down here on the side of the road at a little roadside restaurant, and he's a, he's a waiter. If you go down there, you can find him, maybe, if he's at work. So she went down there, and she asked him if she could interview him. And he said, yes, ma'am, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be glad to do this. She said, well, I want you to tell me about the most famous person that you robbed. Tell me about how neat it was to go in and get something that wasn't yours and, and, and to get away with it. And he said, ma'am, early in my life, I was intelligent, clever. I got along well with people. I could have made something out of my life, but I didn't. Instead, I chose a life of crime. So when you're writing my story and telling about all the people that I robbed, please don't leave out the biggest one that I robbed. Tell them the most important person Arthur Berry robbed was Arthur Berry. When you and I get to heaven... Or we get to hell, it's a simple choice. 
You make it. I can't make it for you. Your mom and dad can't make it for you. Nobody else. You make it. When we get there, we're going to look at God. He's going to say, why should I let you in here? Jesus is going to take over for those of us that have said, God, I'm a sinner. I'm lost, messed up. And I need, I need the gift of grace. Not only do I need it for a one-time thing, Lord, I don't want to just get saved to, to, to just get mom or somebody off my back. But, Lord, I want a life-changing relationship with you that's ongoing. I don't want to just be saved when I'm a child. I want to be saved when I'm a teenager. I want to be saved when I pick out the person that's going to, I'm going to marry. I want to be saved when I find the right vocation that you have planned for me. I want to be saved, Lord, when I get later on in life and we have children and so I can be a godly parent. I want to be saved, Lord, so I can be a godly grandparent. I want to be a saved so that when they put me in the ground later in life, people don't have to worry where I'm at. They know exactly to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. Simple choice. Many of us have made it, and that's grateful for that. But I'm convinced today that as a believer that we need to make that choice to get even closer to the Lord. How about you? Any of you lived this past week without sin in your life? Don't raise your hand or say, yeah, it was me, because you just lied in front of everybody. We're all sinners. We've all messed up. Satan tricks us all, all the time. Just be honest. But for the Spirit of God and the grace of Jesus, we'd have horrible, worse consequences. And yet, life's not always good. We got sniffles, and we got this, and we got that. But we know where we're headed. We know who's forgiven us. We know who loves us. We know whose presence we're in. We know who has his hand upon us and guiding us. And we realize that there's a lost and dying world all around us. And the reason he hadn't beamed us on up into heaven is somebody somewhere is waiting for me, waiting for you to show them the consequence of your choice is worth it. And they need to ask Jesus Christ in their life. Your salt and your light. Today, I pray you know Jesus. If you don't, Brother John's going to be right up here. And he and all a lot of other people here will be glad to visit with you and talk with you. Don't leave this place without answering that question. And if you're so embarrassed, you say, oh, no, I can't go up there. Uh, I, I really encourage you, don't do that. But, but if you are, if you're one of those, be sure that you follow up with somebody. It's kind of like hitting a home run and running to the dugout. You don't do that. You don't score a touchdown and run off the field. You start doing that crazy dance stuff, you know. You're happy about it. And when God's in your life, you're happy about it. Maybe God wants you to be part of this church. Maybe God is calling you into full-time Christian service. We need so many more full-time missionaries, Christian service. And I know you feel just like I do. You don't feel qualified. But you know that's what God wants you to do. And you see God working through your life and touching other life. And you're blessed because he's done that. Don't leave this place without saying yes to Jesus. Let's bow together and pray. Father, a simple message, 
tells us how to be blessed. And that's simply to say yes to you with our faith in, in you and no to some of the things of this world. And Lord, even after we have said yes to us, help us to continue to be transformed by the renewing of our body, by the action of our lives, by being what you want us to be. This is your time. We give it to you and we pray that we would make you proud of us in the decisions that each and every one of us make. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.